Welcome to Life in the Music Business, a masterclass with Professor Pooch and your host, Bass Face. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Life in the Music Business with Professor Pooch. Pooch, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. I have, I have, <laughs> I have a very unhappy cat downstairs. Uh, if you see, I guess I point the right direction. Yeah, down the stairs there. This is a whole separate floor. And I have to lock her out because otherwise she's in one of them, meow, 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 you know, and it's just an ear scratching at the door because she can't open it. See, I just pulled it shut, shut. Uh, Usually I, I kind of just close it a little bit. The thing is, see, the thing with cats, see, people own dogs. Cats own people. <laughs> it's like somebody put it, I like that. Cats have staff. <laughs> you know? They have their own staff. Yeah, they just, you know, he just walks over. He'll come up to me, meow, 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 and try leading me. You know, come on, follow me, follow me. I want that kind of food, not the food you gave me. You know, they're really a trip. Yeah, they're funny. So have you seen everything that's been going on with Kanye West on Twitter? I mean, I feel it's a great place to start. He's out there trying to get himself out of a crazy deal right now. Uh, I know a lot of people through the years try to get themselves out of deals, and they've tried all different ways. This is interesting. Well, the, it's the times where you can actually put the contracts up on Twitter. I mean, who knows what the response is going to be and how it's going to be. God, we could talk about all different ways people try to get out of the contracts. The problem is that if you we went through it a little bit last time, but uh, when you're putting together a contract, you most people just think of the money they get up front, but you want to get money as the contract's going on. And it's like in football. I see it a lot of times they say, well, this uh, tight end uh, sees this other tight end making way more money, and this tight end has better records, you know, and stuff. And everybody just keeps running better and better. And, you know, the thing is really the way to solve it a lot of times is just stay independent, you know. But, of course, he didn't because when you're that big, they'll send, put so many millions of dollars and stuff. So we shall see what happens with that kind of stuff. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, it's I remember, was it a TLC? Uh, the, the, you know, a lot of them go bankrupt. Oh, there was all kinds of things through the years where they tried different things, you know, just to get out of a contract, you know. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, everything he's saying, I mean, uh, people say that he's crazy, but in this case, like, he's speaking the truth. A lot of people have been signing bad contracts over the years, and the problem is that they entice you by taking you shopping. They do this, they do this. They try to glorify you in such a way that you feel like you're important so that they slip this piece of paper in front of you and then, boom, that piece of paper is, dictates your the next – it could be the, your, the rest of your life. Believe me, the worst words I, – I, the words I really hate to hear the most are, Pooch, get me out of this contract. And I get it all the time. The problem is they sign the contracts before I see them or an entertainment attorney sees them. Now – Folks, uh, I better clear something up right now. I give a little disclaimer because you'll see me talking a lot about law, okay? 
I am not a lawyer. I know the music industry inside and out, and I know entertainment law inside and out. But I'm not a lawyer, okay? I've taught a bunch of lawyers and taught a bunch of other people who just want to learn entertainment law. I taught at the uh, Art Institute of Philadelphia Art Institute of Philadelphia for 13 years that I developed their entertainment law class and I taught it. And I mean, lawyers hire me to do contracts that they don't want to handle, okay? But I'm not a lawyer. The difference is I can't go into a court of law and sue somebody and stuff like that. So what happens when people bring these contracts to me, I could try to get them out of it. And what it usually means is, I go through the contract, they have to pay me to go through the contract. I hate negotiating, like this kinds of stuff. Uh, I have to go through the contract and see if there are any loopholes to get them out of it. But I can only step so far. There's certain words I can't use. I can send them a quote unquote threatening letter and usually I have enough proof to get them out of it. And sometimes you can plan the proof beforehand and we're going to get into escape clauses, which is very important. But I remember this one contract. It, well, the point is, this happens a lot, but there was a one big one that was funny like this. It happens a lot where I always ask a person, like, if it's a manager wanting to sign them or something, I ask, what did they say they were going to do for you? And then they'll tell me all these things. And then I look to see if there's anything or even remotely like it in the contract. I mean, listen, I put it in. Yeah. I, you know, you said you were going to do this. I put it in. And it's made it real easy for me to get people out of contracts that didn't turn out well. Yeah. But uh, that makes sense. So, I mean, the, just to be preventative and make sure that you have somebody read the contract before you sign it. Just because it's enticing at that moment. If something's too good to be true, you have to think about it and say, I need time. Well, there's a lot of things to think about when, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're reading any type of contract. I always tell people, read it really slow. Because a lot of times you get contracts from people and companies that it's in this lawyerese language. I call it middle English. I think other people do too. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it's meant to be really stupefying. It drives you crazy. And you just got to see when you read something. Could it mean more than one thing? And you're going to find out most contracts, let's say I'm a manager and base face, I'm offering you a contract. Well, it's common sense that, you know, I'm going to look out for me, but the point is you got to look out for you. Now, people know me, I like to be fair on both sides, but let's just say that, okay? And there's nothing wrong with looking out for yourself and there's nothing wrong with you looking out for yourself. And the idea is to make it so, the problem is with most contracts, let's say I gave you a contract or anybody, a record company, it doesn't matter what kind of contract it is. It's always gonna have what you're gonna do, but it doesn't say what they have to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Very so it's gonna say, base face, you're gonna to have to do this and you're gonna to have to follow this and you're gonna give me this and you're gonna do this. and. Well, well, wait a minute, you know, what are you going to do for me, you know, the artist or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's a big deal. Very, very big deal. I mean, you got to make sure that you cover all bases to be able to make sure that you're, you're actually getting something fair out of the deal, you know? And if the person's not 
willing to let you go and seek counsel to be able to make sure that everything's proper, I mean, then that's the wrong person for you. A lot of people try to pull the sheet right over your eyes and you got to be. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, there's still too much of, you know, here's a contract, read it, you know, sign it or leave, you know? And the point is not only something wrong with the contract, there's something wrong with the person who gave you the contract. And I always love when people say, hey, Pooch, but it's only one page. Well, I'll guarantee you, <laughs> I, I have a lot of bets going on with people and they get one pagers. I said, I will bet you lunch <laughs> that I'm going to find stuff missing. <laughs> okay. Remember, it's not always just what's in a contract that can hurt you. You'll hear me repeating this on many episodes. It's not always what's in a contract that can hurt you. It's what could be left out of the contract. And we're going to discuss some of those things today. I have a strange feeling. Yeah. Uh, there are certain things to be left out of a contract that are left out of contract that if inserted correctly can save your ass. It's real simple language. You know what I mean? That's the funny part. It's like how you said middle English. Like before I met you, I, I've like, I've always known contracts to be confusing and that type of stuff. And I just want an example for people to understand how crazy this could be. Like the contract doesn't blatantly say forever or we own you forever and there's nothing you can do about it. It says in perpetuity and it sounds like <laughs> the yeah. proper word and you think, wow, this is, something, this is something that resonates with me. But then you it's look at all- Yeah, it's a shame the contracts you need to, a lot of contracts you get, you, you either need to have a thesaurus, a dictionary, or be a mind reader trying to figure out what's really going on. But yeah, yeah and, and they'll use all kinds of things. We'll get into some point like cross-collateralization. And they'll say, what the heck is that? You know, and that's robbing Peter to pay Paul. They'll take money out of your publishing money, you know, to pay for the recording costs you still owe. That's taking money from a profitable source I put it to the non-profitable, but they're not going to say cross-collateralization. They're going to say they can take money from all sources. Okay. Any and all sources. And you might not know what they are. Of course. That's where you, that's where they get, you. They get you. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about the main preventative one. This is, this should be in every contract that, Last for a period of time or holds a certain amount of product that, or projects you're working on and stuff. If it's going to last a period of time, especially, especially if it's exclusive, that means they're the only one that can do anything. Like a signing with a manager is exclusive. Okay. They're going to want you exclusively. It'll say in the contract, you're not allowed. Well, I'm telling you in English, <laughs> but you're not allowed to talk to anybody else. Now you can always put in, well, my lawyer can see it, and they can't argue with that, okay? With me, they, people say, well, my legal beagle, you know, being a pooch, what else could I be? I'm a legal rep. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm a legal beagle. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, but the biggest thing, the most important thing that should be in every contract is a means of escape. Mm. Now, it's not going to be there normally you're going to have to have it put in. And what is an escape clause? And it's got to be in, in the beginning. You can't say, 
after you've already signed it that you want you ain't gonna no way that's gonna happen. So that's where you come to me or an entertainment attorney. So the thing is that an escape clause has three important parts. Okay. Now, the first is a goal, and not just a goal that has to be reached, a very specific goal must be reached. When you're, which, which did you use artist and a manager? It's simple for the beginning. Okay. And a specific goal that has to be reached. That's point one. And we'll discuss what that could be. Point two, it's got to be reached in a specific period of time. And if that specific goal is not, you know, reached in a specific period of time, step three, you're out of the contract. Mm. That's why it's a means of escape. It's just super important. Now, I'll give you examples. Uh, but see, it used to be real easy. Before 2000, it was simple. The escape clause would be something like, well, if the manager doesn't get you signed to a major label within 18 months, you can be out of the contract, yeah. you know, yeah. and things like that. But what will happen is... What they'll do is they might try something like this, you know, if I don't sign you with a legitimate label within 70 months, you're free. But that's not specific enough. And even a major's not specific enough. You want to that you want to be able to see that contract with a major. You don't want the manager to deal with it. You want your lawyer to deal with that contract. But it's got to be, you know, a specific, you know, I'm, a sign with a nationally recognized company, you know, with international distribution that will release you fully promotionally and how they're going to do it within 18 months, then you're out of the contract. Now let's talk about lengths of contracts. So it makes some kind of sense in what we're talking about. Um, a lot of managers contracts are up to five years. Oh, if you ever see, it could be extended. <laughs> And it can be, and sometimes some contracts have no ending and you can't have that, okay? Or you can sign in California personal, uh, personal contracts like that in California are not allowed by law to last more than seven years. Oh, you should see the fights between the, they say, oh no, it was signed in New York, not California, you know? And they'll fight up and back for that for six months. Which court of law are we gonna use? You know, that kind of stuff. Okay, well, you know, a typical management contract uh, is like five years, and then it'll say it can be extended, maybe a period, extended another period. And uh, the way I usually normally write it is I make it three years with ongoing one-year options, but both sides have to agree to that. If you, either side wants to pull out, it's over. But... Three years could be a long time in, a, in somebody's career, especially if they're young and they're ready to go and stuff like that. So let's make instead of three years, which is 36 months, the normal thing for escape clause is a year to 18 months. Well, nowadays, like I say, in the old days, you want the major label, but nowadays a lot of people don't want to go with the major label and it takes a good bit of time to get with the major label. You have to see all those a lot of buzz, a lot of streams, a lot of YouTube views, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Instagram, followers, you know, all that kinds of stuff. So you, you got to solve that problem. But the goal could be anything. 
a lot of times what I'll do with my clients is we make it that they have to make a certain amount of money. Mm. Like after a year, and you can have an ongoing escape clause. If after a year that you have not brought in a hundred thousand dollars, I'm using this as an example, uh, you can get out of the contract. But if it passes a hundred thousand, and if you don't make two hundred fifty thousand the next year, you can get out of the contract. And you know you can keep it going higher and higher numbers and stuff like that. Uh, just remember, the amounts of money uh, could be you know bringing it in, but it should be actually received and retained by the artist because after everybody takes their pieces, you know, mm -hmm. but you come up and you, you work out the wording and stuff like that, but it's got to be reached a specific period of time. It could be any goal. It could be placing three songs with a major artist. It could be uh, uh, five songs are picked up by a, a, a movie or a video game. I mean, it's whatever goals you mutually agree to, but it's not going to be in your contract until you put it in beforehand. Now, how do you deal with uh, situations where a label is involved and there are extra fees in, in the contract that it, it stop or like inhibit an artist from actually recouping the money that was spent on them? I, what's really funny is if you ever see one of those contracts, it's a paragraph long of everything they can take out. But sometimes it's the artist's fault because let's say they want to go to Germany and record there, okay? And now people forget, well, you got to live in a hotel. <laughs> you you got to eat every day. How many people are going with you? You don't want to take an entourage. You don't want to support half the world. And we'll get into the difference between having a team and having a posse, okay? <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the posse, what have they done for you lately just to bring your friends along? Remember, you're paying everything. And if the record company agrees to this, believe me, it's going to come out of your money before you ever see a dime. And then the cost of a studio. That's why, like we said in the last, uh, well, an episode ago or so, uh, you know, you just want to studio that you're comfortable in and can give you what you need. You don't need to be in the fanciest, ritziest, because the record company is going to want that money back. Of course. And they're going to come up with anything on additional to that to be able, I mean, they're basically going to nickel and dime you to make sure that you cannot recoup that and you cannot get out of that contract. That's what a lot well, of people of course. are now. Of course, that's why they have their lawyers and you should have your lawyer talk with their lawyer. That's the way that's usually handled. So there's no animosity between the artist and the label. You have the lawyers, you can play the bad guy. I mean, I play the bad guy for a lot of people and I have somebody play the bad guy for me when I'm doing artistic stuff. You, you need a bad guy. That way, picture like working, say I'm working with you as a producer, basically. you're my producer. Mm -hmm. And we're fighting over a contract, fighting over a contract, and then we got to peacefully make music. <laughs> and believe me, I could tell you stories on that stuff where there was, boy, it just hung over and hung over with, you know, producers and a, and a studio and stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, things like that. And then it was the, the mood of the studio changed because wow. also, the producer didn't think he got all he wanted. And the studio didn't think he got all he wanted. And the artist didn't get all he wanted, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah, it gets real sticky. That's why you said 
just like you said, you need somebody there to represent you. You cannot represent yourself. Yeah, no, you can't and shouldn't unless, I mean, look, I know entertainment law and the music industry inside and out, but I'm not stupid enough to represent myself, okay? It's funny because, I, you know, I've been in situations like as and I'd say to my attorney, you know, who's a friend and a former student of mine and stuff, so I, I trust him totally. I, it's funny, all of a sudden, I can represent half the world, but I can't represent myself. I look at the contracts and go, I'm the artist, oh, what do I do? You know, gotta, <laughs> seriously, it actually has happened to me as a, Ash, please, please handle this for me, okay? You know, charge me, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I can't think clearly, I'm, you know, because you get too emotionally involved. Yeah. And like they say, a person who represents themselves as a fool for a client. <laughs> you know, that's, that's an old saying, but you know, a lawyer who represents themselves as a fool for a client, something like that. Yeah. But all right, let's talk about other kinds of, of escape clauses. Cool. Let's say, all right, so you're a songwriter and a publishing company wants to publish all your songs. Okay. Cool. Now, the point is, if the publishing company is giving you a great contract with a ton of money and it's well known and you've seen a lot of success, I don't know about signing. Otherwise, I mean, excuse me, I don't know about signing with a, uh, any company I'm not sure of. So instead of exclusive, why not make it per song? And give them like three songs and escape clause within it. By the way, escape clause in a songwriting publishing is usually called a reversion song, uh, reversion clause, because you want the, if a clause ain't reached, you want the music to revert back to your ownership, okay? Makes but sense. it's a form of escape clause, it's a reversion clause. It's different names, but it's all the same thing. So what I would do, like say I represent a client, say, well, you really believe in them, but I never heard of them, they're not, whatever, they might be, might do very well. Why don't you give them like a couple of your songs? Maybe you're not really sold on, but they are, you know, and or two or three songs you maybe even really like because you can, like my mentor told me, Pooch, so you write another song, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, we all had our mentors, yeah. So, uh, what happens is then you can see, look, here's three songs, let's see what you can do. A, for nine months to a year with those three songs. Now, you could put in the contract, see, you can play with clauses. You know, use your creativity, folks. Uh, now, let's say they, they did just one of those songs, not three of them. But you feel confident that this might work out. Well, give them another six months. You can always put addendums on contracts. You know, contracts are written, they don't have to be final. You could put addendums, it's a piece of paper on the back saying, well, in English, uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you three more months to see what you could do with those other two songs. And uh, it's always going to be in the contract, for example, that uh, <clears throat> if you started negotiating during that 12 months and it's, you know, I'll give you two more months to finish the negotiations on that song or whatever. But otherwise, if those three songs are not placed for a specific period of time, eight songs and all rights to them 
revert back to you. Remember, there's a lots of little words. You, that's why you don't write your own contracts. You got to know what little words that are very, very important. But one thing, base base, you notice we're talking in simple language. <laughs> so, and I love that when we can talk contracts in simple. Yeah. It's it's real because I mean, you could talk to a lawyer and be completely confused, but. This way you have the, the, the other side of the, of the coin to be able to actually understand what's happening. And then you could learn the, the technical side if you choose. But if not, then you have someone like Pooch explain everything to you. Well, but the thing is also, you know, let's say you're the publisher. You know, you, we got to look at both sides all the time. I'm, I'm always into that. When I teach courses, it's artist development and management because each side needs to know what the other side's doing. <laughs> Yeah. And with publisher, they got to know even what a good song really is and whether it's really marketable or you just like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of songs I love. I know I've written, I love, that are not marketable. In other words, marketable just means somebody will buy them. <laughs> you know, I'm sure somebody's going to buy them or I can place in a movie or something, you know. Is that, so, where, is that where a non-circumvention could also be in, implemented into a contract too? Where, um would a label usually put something like that in there for non-circumvention? I'm going to explain what that means, and I'm not sure you're using it in the right place. Non-circumvention comes in with non-disclosure agreements. What it? All right. Let's explain what non-circumvention is. Let's try to put it in what you're saying with a publishing company or whatever that I can't go around the publisher. And go to their contacts. Now you could put a yes. You're right. As a publishing company, you could put in a non-circumvention clause, and you can do this in all kinds of uh, contracts. That's they're usually in non-disclosure agreements, which we could talk a little bit about. That's that's a fun topic. Uh, that's how, the closest way you can get to protect an idea which can't be protected otherwise at all. Uh, but Yes, you as publisher, let's say you're the publisher and I got a couple songs and you're afraid I, I know some of the people you know and I go around you to them. Mm. But you could solve that in another direction. Yeah, that's what non-circumvention means. Yeah. It's like if I give you a contact, I, one of my contacts, and you go around and try to deal with the contact behind my back, that's circumvention going around. Uh, it's the best, simplest English I could put it in. But what's going to be in that publishing contract is they're going to have, for those three songs, if you're a smart publisher, you're going to put the you have exclusive rights, which means even if they go around your back, you still get paid. Mm. Wow. Okay. And that's how you solve that. So you just have to be creative with the facts. That's, that's how I handle the I, I figured the, the reason I brought up the non-circumvention is because I know that when you're dealing with somebody exclusively, you can't go around them and stuff. So I didn't know if it was like the non-circumvention was kind of included into it or if it was something that was kind of uh, implied. Well, it can't be implied. With contracts, you can't be ambiguous. It can't be implied. It's got to be stated. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, you brought up a good point, but we're just going to, if I was representing you, you know, let them go around. You're still going to get paid. Let them do the work, you know. <laughs> Make sure that you're going to get paid is what the answer is, you know. But, yeah, um, but these uh, 
all these different kinds of contracts, you, you need an escape, ways out of it in case the person isn't doing the job. A record company. I'll give you great examples of a record company. People say, wow, I'm going to, uh, their major label wants to sign me. I'm going to give you a fact that's going to blow your mind. 98%, 98, I'm not high it. 98% of the artists that sign with a major label, you will never hear about. Wow. Is it because they okay. them up and they put them on the shelf? Yeah. See, there's nothing in a record company contract, unless we put an escape clause in, there's nothing in a contract, a record company contract, that they ever have to release any of your recordings. Uh, true story, uh, I don't think I told it here yet, uh, about... The, the girl, the, it was a girl-funded group. I'm not going to name the name because it's embarrassing to the whole situation. But they had this group on hold for two years. Oh, man. And she literally got so pissed, she went to the president, it's a true story, went to the president of the record company, stood on his desk, pulled down her underpants and peed all over his desk and said, this is what I think he Oh my lord! <laughs> That's a true story, and it gets wow. into that. And whereas I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but yeah. there's nothing in a contract that ever says they have to ever have to release anything. It'll say they have the right to release or choose not to release. Read the contract carefully. It's always going to say that because you might give them stuff that they don't think's commercial, even though they've been proven wrong. I could name you album after album that they were forced by outside people because the record company didn't believe it. Oh, with Marvin Gaye. I mean, a lot of major uh, uh, Redheaded Stranger by Willie Nelson, uh, Marvin Gaye's uh, What's Going On When He... Because, oh, he's going to change his genre. He's going to get into protests and things like that and stuff. And smoke, huh? Some of the, his best work in the uh, yeah well Smokey Robinson who had a lot of say in that company he was like some senior vice president besides writing all the songs for a lot of people uh, but he said you got to put it out you got to put it out and it was a monster Redheaded Stranger was recorded in like twenty four hours and people would just show up and play a couple notes it was the barest piece of music and it was the first country album to sell a million albums. They didn't want to put it out. I mean, you know, it's a lot of times. Uh, the point is, you're going to see in, in a contract that, you know, upon delivery, you have nine months and stuff. But delivery, if you look at page 42, it's usually back, you'll see a capital D. When you see a capital letter, there better be a definition for it. You know, just the word delivery. Why capitalize delivery? Well, delivery to the record companies means acceptable to them. So just because you quote unquote handed it to them thinking you delivered it to them, it does, if they don't accept it, that they don't, maybe they don't like it for whatever reason, or they're too into pushing other people, or sometimes they're just trying to hide you. There, there have been major labels and major companies of film, oh, all kinds of stuff, where they sign somebody just so somebody else won't. Jesus because it might be somebody that's very close to somebody they have on their label and they don't want a competing thing. Okay. That's why you have escape clauses. So here we are with an escape clause for a record company. 
if you do not release internationally, full scope, with a full promotional campaign, and you put every specific you could think of in there, within nine months upon me handing you this recording or delivered within, a, you know, you have to choose within one month whether it is delivered or not. And if you're not going to release it, we're free. Wow. So you got to have, these are different forms of escape routes. You need a way out if, you know, you need a way out. You don't want to be stuck in a bad contract or a contract where they're not doing anything for you. You know what I mean? That's genius. I mean, that's something that's brand new to me too, to think even to, I mean, like you said, a contract is an agreement between two people or a party. So, I mean, though, I feel like the way you write contracts is so specific. And I, I mean, that just blew my mind to be honest with you. I'm kind of here awestruck. <laughs> well, you know, to me, it's fun. Believe it or not, people say, why do you do contracts? To me, they're fun, but you can be creative with it. I drive lawyers crazy, but you know, we get along fine, you know, but you know, they, they know when they, they're going to negotiate with me that, oh boy, <laughs> but it's fun, you know, but the thing is, I'm going to protect my people. That's what I'm known for. That's what's very important to my heart is that I'm protecting a person or a group or a company or whatever to the best of my ability. You know, I, I want them safe. I can't stand, well, people know about me. Nothing bothers me. You, the people go crazy. Nothing seems to bother you, Pooch. Yeah, there is one thing. And to me, there's one thing that I won't stand for that's any form of abuse. Okay. And that means physically or mentally or in any way abusing any person. I don't care what sex, creed, national, I, it doesn't matter. Of course. Or the animal. Yeah, exactly. Or mentally, any living thing. I don't, you know, I cannot handle abuse. And with contracts, I mean, people that have to, you know, state contracts where they, they're held down, they can't move forward, nothing, you know, nothing's happening with their career. That's a form of abuse. Yeah, I agree. I'm yeah, yeah, it's just, it's not fair to the artists. It's not fair to, I mean, you know, shame on the company or anybody, but I've seen situations. Oh man, I remember God back in the early nineties, I think it was, and it was, has to do with Garth Brooks. Now it's not his fault at all. Okay. But he's one of the companies, I forget who he was with in Nashville or whatever. And <coughs> excuse me. And what they did was, all of a sudden, he started blowing up and getting gigantic. They took all their promotion people off every other artist and put it on Garth Brooks. And wow. the other artists, you know, were out there in the cold, basically, for as long as, I don't know how long it lasted. But it's happened times, you know, they'll just, oh, this person's hot. Everybody go there. And then, you know, obviously, there's other big artists, okay? You know, they might keep a person or two on them, you know, because it's important for some reason. I don't remember the exact situation. It was 30 years ago, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's so funny when people say, you know, do you remember in the 60s? There's this saying in the 60s that if you re remember anything from the 60s, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do <laughs> <laughs> you know how many people said they saw me at Woodstock? And I mean, over a hundred people through the years said they saw me at Woodstock and I wasn't there. <laughs> you know, I think I was playing someplace else. I mean, I, I didn't hear about Woodstock. I think until afterwards or whatever. I don't remember even because I had my own career going, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, any form of abuse and nobody should ever abuse anybody. I, I'm just very heavy. You know, it really upsets me. Uh, you know, I, I'm very sensitive to any kind of physical or mental abuse yeah. and mental abuse can last for years and years. And think if you were in the, like that woman who just couldn't take it anymore after two years on the shelf, you know, basically, you know, do you think day by day, think of all the days she went, oh, I'm going to be released today. And over two years, you know, holy, you know. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't like abuse. I don't stand for it at all. I don't work with anybody that isn't, that works in that manner because it's just, it's, it's a negative, it's a negative energy and it's just not right. Exactly. Negative energy. Very good. You know, negative attracts negative. I'm not into that kind of stuff, you know. Me neither. We're always trying to stay positive. We're always trying to be optimistic and go and reach for the new the new goal, the new height, and try to push ourselves. But we don't we don't step on other people to get to where we want to be. We work hard, we build a team behind us, and we do the things the proper way. Yeah, and and oh I, I mentioned before I should cop I was gonna say something, you know, with uh, you know, they have their team. You mentioned team. Uh People have to know the difference between a posse and a team. A lot of people have posses that just rip them off for all their money and stuff. It's my thing is, what have you done for me lately? Kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, I want a team that we're working as a team and they're not just hanging on to make money off me and not doing anything, you know? And these people want to go on tours and all kinds of stuff with all kinds of you know, people and stuff like that, they're going to have to pay for them or it's going to come out of the, somebody's money, okay? And you might have to recoup it, even if it's not your money. You're going to have to pay back whomever put out the money. Yeah, that's a big deal right there too. I mean, whenever money's coming towards you, you know, you have to know that they want it back plus interest. You know, they're never, they're never going to let you off the hook. They're not your friend. And that piece of paper that you sign, that's why the, you the escape clauses are so important because if you're stuck in a contract and you can't make a move or anything, at least you have some way to get out. Well, a lot of the contracts, you can make moves and stuff, except you're not going to get anything out of it, you know? And the thing is, it's not just wasted that you didn't put the recording out. You're wasting time. You're wasting effort. It's years of your career. That's why the simplest thing, stay independent you have control, you know, of your career. Like, you know, hey, Pooch, what do you think about me putting out, you know, three song EP or four song EP and then putting out this other song I really want to get out? I say, you're your own boss. You can do whatever the heck you want to. You know, you can come to me for advice. You know, it's what I think about it is a good time to put it out. Did you push it enough? Whatever, whatever. But you're the boss. You know, when I set people up with their own companies, I don't tell them how to run their companies. My thing is, it's funny because, I, you know, my job is to give people options, you know, through creativity. You know, here, well, you could do this, you could do that, you could do this. 
And some people just say, Pooch, just tell me what the hell to do. <laughs> and I'll give you my opinion, you know, because it's all opinions, you know. It is no set truth yeah. of anything. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they know I have the experience and I have the, you know, been through it all. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you have to, that comes back to, you have to listen to yourself at the end of the day. And you can't always just make a decision based on somebody else's opinion. You have to do what's best for you. And if, it, if that, that decision, it benefits the other people better more than it does you, then you have to re, rethink your, your move or your decision because at the end of the day, you are the only person that can the vows for yourself. You know yourself better than anyone and you can't just do something on a, on a limb because somebody told you to do it. I mean, it comes back to if I, if I was jumping off a bridge, would you jump off with me because I'm doing it? No, obviously not because you'd be like, okay, well, that's not what I want to do. If that's what you, you want to do, then go ahead. I'm going to hold you from going off the bridge first of all. <laughs> Get back here, man. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I'm out of my mind and I just need to cool down. Maybe. Holy shit, man. What the hell are you doing, man? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's funny, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's. Well, yeah. I mean, some people, you know, you know, there's been way too many suicides in the music industry and other things. Cause you know, if we're creative people, we're also emotional people and we have these other things, you know, and stuff. But look, even when I give somebody options, I don't say you have to make a decision this second. I say, look, you have these options here. I'll give you what I think, but think about it for a couple of days. But right. I don't always totally agree with you with the point of you'll know what's best for you because sometimes you don't. Yeah. Sometimes I need people to tell me, pooch, like, like their biggest thing with me is you can't be in five places at once, pooch. <laughs> you can't do five things at once, pooch, you know, and, you know, I really, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing, trying to do too many things, you know, kind of things, but, uh, hey, it's fun, <laughs> but it's good to have somebody looking out for you, just make sure they're looking out for you in your best interest. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, that's, that's a big deal, too, but I mean, the way, I think the way I meant it was more about just, uh, you, 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 know, you can feel, energy you can feel the vibe you can tell if something isn't adding up for you, you know what i mean you can't just do something to do, just do it that's kind of what my my premise yeah, was yeah no i agree with you you know a lot of times though i tell people you know trust your gut yeah you know uh there's a, a chapter in my book called goals who are you and what are you about and it's to try these different goals on for size and what's that interest that really quick thought that comes to you that perception you know like say what do you think about going on tour? Now, did your gut say, oh, I don't want to go on tour? Or, wow, yeah. I mean, trust your gut. Your gut knows. Believe it or not, you got brains down there. <laughs> you have brains, you know, believe it or not, as people eventually will learn, you have brains up here. But you also have brains in your heart, and you also have brains just below your belly. I'm not going to go into the hole. It's all scientific stuff and all kinds of things. But there's that gut feeling, and that's where a lot of your energy is. I mean, I study Qigong, and it's a, it's a form of martial arts. It's more of a closer to really yoga. I mean, I used to do jujitsu, but you reach an age, you only can hit the floor so many times, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I gave in to my age on that, okay. But, uh, yeah, but you study and you learn about these different things where qi is, which is energy and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, trust your gut a lot of times. It's a lot of times it's right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've gotten myself out of situations sometimes like, 
or I felt something like going on uh, some type of car ride or something was going to get me in trouble. And uh, I, I basically just trusted my gut, stayed back and ended up working out in my favor. So sometimes yeah. just, you just get that in, instinctual thought of, wait a second, rethink this. And that, that's, that's important to pay attention to, too. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of times happen with people where I'm not going to mention circumstances or the names, but where I met somebody who really wanted to get involved with me and they just didn't feel right. Something didn't feel right. It just something told me no. And I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) People like that along the way as well, where they offered me this, they offered me that they wanted to buy me a house to open up a studio and this and that. And this, it's all empty promises. And at the end of the day, you just got to keep moving forward. Well, that's why I always say you got to put it on paper. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they say. What's, there's a clause you're going to find in almost every contract that will say in, in lawyerese, this contract will supersede, I mean, take the place of anything that might have been said or written before. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter whatever else you've been told whether a paper or non paper, this contract takes precedence. We're going to follow this contract. You could ignore all the stuff we told you before. Wow. So we let it back into the contracts, but I think we've uh, reached the end of our period uh, of the show, this particular episode. Perfect. You know the, you know the way, Pooch. <laughs> Uh, Tune in for the next episode, everybody. Bye-bye. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Tune in for the next episode.